Wait for it. Wait for it. And we're live. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. Mostly that's Nick, but we love him anyway. But uh, without further ado, we're going to let our guest, Miss Terry K. Joe, introduce herself to our listeners and viewers at home. Hi, I'm Terry K. Job. Uh, if you listen to this frequently, you've probably heard me before. Uh, narrator of some audiobooks and baby author that has not fledged yet. You'll launch from the nest soon. I just know it. You've got so enough people encouraging you. So Come long on, as I don't plummet you. into the earth and leave a crater, we're good. That's only happened twice before, but we got a pretty good track record from there. Absolutely. Sweet. All right, so the next part of the introduction, dear listener, is how we first found Miss Terry Kay. Uh, we're just going to call her Terry from here on out because that other stuff sounds really pretentious, and she's really not. She's kind of cool. We like her. Uh, but we found yeah. I found her through uh, Hillbilly over at Three Ravens Publications Incorporated, Esquire the Third. I don't know. I'm trying to make them sound more pretentious than they are. It didn't work. Three Ravens Publishing. They're cool people. We like them. Their Discord is hopping. They got all the cool memes. I steal them shamelessly. So if you've liked some of my memes on the uh, on the Flashers Blades Twitter page, well, you know, there, there's a good chance that might have been one of the places I stole from. So shamelessly, I might add, but I do because I'm a gentleman. I give them a reaction, a thumbs up or a laughing emoji. They get something from me because I'm just that kind of generous, except for Stabby. Her, I just steal. And then she stabs Nick and it's a vicious cycle. Poor Nick. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to switch computers because I'm tired of getting stabbed on this side. And we need to you gotta mix time. it up a little bit. Yeah, make the scars match. <laughs> Maybe I can make I got a nice little like picket fence or lattice pattern. Then you just say you can turn them into gills. Pattern. Yeah, you Ooh, can say it's a nice gills are behind my ears, so I don't know. Well, we'll, right. we'll, we'll do rib gills. I'm for it. I've seen the boys. Outstanding, outstanding. And because uh, I don't remember if we asked you the religion questions the last time because you've been on a whole lot of our discussion panels, we're just going to ask them today. And you could pretend like you've never heard them before, just in case. Are you ready for this? Yes. All Maybe. right. Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly? Ooh, got to be Star Wars. Seen some Star Trek, never seen Firefly. Don't hate me, please. Uh I'm going to eventually. I'm going to. I've heard good things. So Star Wars for sure. Okay. I approve. We accept that. We accept that. All right. And because we're polytheistic, Game of Thrones, The Wheel of Time, or Chronicles of Narnia. Ooh. Chronicles of Narnia. That's a good one. All right. And because we are civilized uh, and we're not just, uh, we're civilized human beings, we're no longer the knuckle dragging troglodytes we used to be. Uh, we save all of the bullying and the meanness for our stabby and mostly to the people that send her hate mail. I mean, we got one guy crying. It was, it was ugly people. I'm just saying, you know, therapy people, if that's you, you know who you are. Just saying therapy, but uh, coffee or tea and how do you take it? Coffee and usually very specifically. If it's my day off, I have a nice flavored coffee. Flavors can vary. Hazelnut's always good. With some stevia. Gave up actual sugar a couple years ago. If I'm at work and my coworkers, who call it frou-frou coffee, are around, <laughs> it's regular coffee, usually Folgers, with, again, stevia and my own coffee creamer. Oops. You make it yourself? 
Uh, no, I just buy my own from the store and put it in the fridge. Oh, that works too. That's what she does. That was that was a misleading way to put it. My bad. It's like, oh, you make your own? Go on. I make my own fresh <laughs> vanilla creamer. So half Ooh. and half um, condensed milk, mix it together with um, French vanilla. I mean, with vanilla and um, hazelnut. And together you'll get a French vanilla. And you Ooh. stir it into the oven until every, or in the, on the pot until everything mixes. Uh, I'm doing an experiment where I got extra and then I froze it to see if I could get like creamer ice cubes that I could already have portioned out. But for some reason, the creamer isn't actually freezing. And I don't know why. It's just kind of in that almost frozen state that they get, but it's just staying there, which means it's yeah, kind of slushy almost, which means it's not really cold enough that I could like take it out of the ice tray, do another batch and like put it in a bag or something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let that set for a little bit longer, see see what happens, and then worst case scenario, I'll throw it in like it is. But I was experimenting if I could get a lot, make it all at once, and then freeze it, and then I have to do that every week or whatever. I but, just put bourbon in my coffee. It's a coffee. good plan. I mean, you know that works until you got kids running around screaming that want dad and they want food and. You're hungover. It's really not a good idea to be drunk when you're trying to cook bacon, by the way. I'm not oh. telling you how I know. I'm just saying it ends badly. Everyone gets a grilled cheese. Problem solved. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So now that we answer the important questions, if you want some of her frou-frou coffee that she mentioned, we do highly recommend coffee brand coffee. Uh, Stabby, take it away. You are the unspoken ambassador on this podcast of all things frou-frou and coffee. Um, I'm a sucker for flavored coffee. I currently am doing blueberry cobbler and I also got a bag of the um, pecan sticky buns. So good. And I just use half and half in that one because the flavor is so good. You don't need anything extra added to it. But they also, because it was my second order, sent me a free bag of coffee and it's a roaster's choice. It's an Argentina one, I believe. And they send you whole beans. So you have to grind them up yourself. It is so good. I can smell it from the bedroom. Those helmets, those are mine. (laughs) But the blueberry cobbler is without my, without a doubt, my favorite. I use a little bit of Duncan extra, extra creamer in it and a little bit of whipped cream on top, and it tastes like an actual cobbler. It is so delicious. It makes the whole house smell like blueberries, too. It's it's. I'm still doing the s'mores. I ordered a second bag. I haven't got it yet, so I'll see if they sent me special stuff or if they just like you. But uh, well, I mean, I am stabbing, so. Yeah, so I did uh, I did another yeah, round. Yeah, they said my name. Oh, well, maybe they were lazy. <laughs> I was going to say the stabby must be respected, but the, I mean, well, that's still true. Before we, get, before we get canceled by everyone for just bad dad jokes. Um, and I will say that I ordered <laughs> some more of the s'mores and I've been using that with the uh, French vanilla coffee. I make, I got the idea for that coffee from the craftology um, TikTok channel. Um, you can go check it out. It is awesome. She's got lots of recipes for various flavor mixes to get everything from cookies and cream to a bourbon to my favorite French vanilla. I'm kind of basic that way. Um, I conquer the French every time I drink my coffee. And they still don't fire a shot. 
if you do if you do make one um make your standard uh regular plain jane no extra flavoring add a little bit of peppermint extract and a little bit of cocoa extract make a peppermint okay i'm telling you it's totally worth it it is freaking delicious and it goes really well in the argentina coffee I will, we will get together I'll also say if you trade recipes. <laughs> you can also use maple extract with a little bit of cocoa and coffee. That's also good. Oh. Sounds yummy. A little Canadian flair though. And this for Miss Terry. Um, I don't know about your workplace, but my old workplace, they love to use all my coffee creamer. They stop doing that when you start bringing it to work in um, pumping bottles. <laughs> If I had any, I would try that. Oh, I wasn't pumping. I just went and bought the bottle oh. strictly. So that's fair. That, that, that's creamer. completely fair. I might just put nice. I, I would have done something a little different. I'd probably gotten like a milk of magnesia bottle, cleaned it out real good, and mixed my uh, coffee creamer in that. <laughs> I think my favorite one was somebody kept stealing my um my juices out of the fridge. I would take a bottle of juice with me, like a cranberry juice or pomegranate juice, just whatever I was in the mood for that week. Um, but they kept stealing all my juices, and only out of my bag, not out of anybody else's bag, strictly out of my lunch bag. So I um I put a sign on the fridge in the break room that said. For whoever keeps stealing my juice, um, I have my uh, estrogen hormones in those juices. Enjoy your next period. <laughs> <laughs> my boss didn't like it very much, and she questioned everybody that she knew how to hysterectomy. I was the first one. She goes, Marissa, I'm like, you know I have my ovaries. I'm not on estrogen. <laughs> she was afraid you really did it. <laughs> and just because they're having fun with it uh stabby and nick are going to see if they can make a commercial for coffee brand coffee and blasters and blades together because basically like george lucas his um like prop room threw up in their house so they've yeah. got everything they need to make some badassery and uh they're gonna have fun with it and we're gonna see it's more like my bank account threw up into lucasfilm who then threw up in my living room we also, huh? we also just got two new blasters. It's true. Now you need some blades. You need some blades. We have plenty of blades. <laughs> Never have enough knives. Never have enough knives. You need yep. at least a brace of them. That's 13 people, I think. It's been a while. Um, I know we have more than that in my house. I was going to say, I have The way she nice said blocks. that, Nick, I don't know. Like, I'm just saying the hairs in the back of my neck stood up just a little bit. We have a knife block on the side of the fridge, and then we have a knife block over by the deep freezer too. So I'm pretty sure that that qual yeah, like that's definitely five more and than a half feet apart. Yeah. It's ridiculous. See, here's that's the thing: I wasn't counting the kitchen knives. <laughs> all right, all right, we're friends, right, Terry? Friends. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, just making sure. There's three in front of the. Uh oh. Three in front of the TV, one on the. Dresser to the first rule of knife club is we don't talk about knife club. Don't talk about knife club. My name is Stabby. 
<laughs> All right. I'm just saying when the uh, the ATF come to your door because you have your kitchen knives are a little bit too long, you're in trouble. Oh, have you seen this isn't political, but, you know, the UK has different laws than the US. At one point in time, they had some proposed legislation about the length of knives. I don't know enough about it. But the rant that uh, Ramsey Gordon did about it, because it would affect cooking knives, too, as a professional chef. And he's like, who needs a knife bigger than whatever? And he just went off. And there was like Muppet was involved and other kinds of slurs that I won't repeat. But if you've watched Gordon Ramsay, well, you know how it is. It is hilarious if you can find a clip. I'm just saying. Ow. He's he's known to put you between two pieces of bread and ask what you are. I'm an idiot sandwich. I, I have heard that. I watched one video where he did a, a thing about feeding the troops and he went to some various British units and he heard them like yelling at recruits and he just looked at him and he goes, eh, B minus. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, that was probably the highlight of that drill sergeant's day though. Like he's like, Gordon Ramsay gave me a B minus. <laughs> oh, they, they put a different flair to it. I got dressed down by a British lieutenant once and uh, I have an Irish mother. So, she used to tear me down a lot worse than him. Like when I was going through basic, I was like, is this all you guys got, man? This is a Tuesday, you know, growing up. <laughs> Not once did I feel like uh, my soul was getting extracted from my body or anything like that. So I was like. Not from the verbal insults because, yeah, you know. Well, then mom, they took me on a run. I wanted to die. Yeah, that was mom what I was about to say because like my mom was a Navy wife and you can't survive being a military dependent and not have a, like a. If the marriage actually lasts past the next duty station, the, the partner that stays home has generally got a spine of steel to put up with all the nonsense. And a so, sharp tongue. And a sharp tongue to deal with all the bureaucracy. So I'm just saying that, like, I already knew how to make hospital corners when I got to boot camp. Just going to put that out there. And it wasn't my dad that taught me. I'm just saying. Love you, Mom. Uh, and with that being said, because I don't think she listens, I don't think. We're, we're probably safe. Uh, ish. I'm snitching. You would too. She likes you. That's not fair. He loves Snitches me. Get stitches. When when she was uh, when Tabby was having some some health issues and she was going to a doctor, my mom was like, "We're sending her some chili. Everybody needs chili when they're not feeling well." And I'm like, "Well, what if what her not feeling well is like an upset stomach? Chili will clear her right out." I'm like, "Okay, mom." Oh yeah. So we sent her. I, she, out of her. I had to cook it, but I canned some chili for her. Uh, and then my mom took all the credit because you know that's what moms do. She also adopted me last week, so she did. She did. So, I, wait, does this mean I'm getting kicked out of the nest? I might be in trouble now. Nick, I'm moving in with you. Oh. All right, but I get the when you're looking at it, I get the right side of the bed. Okay, all right, and then you know we'll go drill sergeant on your son. It'll be beautiful. We'll, we'll get our kicks off, relive our glory days, make people sweat till the you know you know PT till the wall sweat. It'll be great. It'll be glorious. We'll For just us. sit on the couch and probably watch dumb stuff. We're like, I thought this was about me. It is. And so I was about to transition, but your transition was funnier. So we'll go with that. And uh, let's make it all about Terry. So Terry, uh, we brought you here, not, not in your capacity as an author who is about to launch, but in the audiobook narration that you do. So uh, first, who is your favorite audiobook narrator other than yourself, of course? Ooh, I listened to some really good ones as I was growing up. That was what got me through my day most of the time, was just having that Walkman in one pocket, a couple extra tapes in the other pocket. Um, I'm going to have to say Jim Dale, though. He read uh, one, he did a read of the Harry Potter books. 
And I've heard a little bit of the Stephen Fry version. Jim Dale did it way better. Way better. The um, the funny one I've seen or heard about, I haven't actually heard, is supposedly there's a version floating around where the first Harry Potter book was rewritten in a Scottish brogue and then narrated as such. I've heard rumors that it exists. I have yet to find it to see if it's true. It might be like the Holy Grail. We'll never really find it. It's out there in, in the ether. But that's interesting enough to make you search for it, though. Right, because, I mean, I would probably laugh my ass off. I haven't even read any of the books or watched the movies, but I'd listen to that. That's what are you You've never seen a Harry Potter movie? No. Oh, my Lord. So she was writing when I was in college, doing college things, chasing girls, as you do, uh, and running from the cops because I was drinking underage. I mean, allegedly, mom. Um, and then by the time I, I was – the link straight to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> By the time I got home from from the army, like she had already said some not nice things, her and Stephen King about the troops overseas. So I just never got over it. I can hold a grudge like a mofo. Um, and at this point in time, there's so many other books I actually want to read that I'm like, eh. I mean, I don't have anything again. I let the grudge go. I'm not a really good German. Like they're probably kicking me out of the Messerschmitt family tree. But yeah, you know, what are you gonna do? No, I I haven't seen anything in the newsletter. So you're probably good. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I mean, I tried to get them just because of the, the family connection to give me like a plane or something, but they wouldn't do it. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm entitled. I mean, no, you're absolutely right, sir. Uh, and you know what? You get a plane too if they give me one. I'll get you one. We'll just fly around, nice. buzz a couple convoys. It'll be great. Fly by the tower. You could, you yeah. wait. Do you want to be Maverick or Goose? I want to be the, I want to be the gunner. Okay, that works. I meant call signs, but gunner works. Talk to me, Goose. Ooh. I, you're talking call signs. Then I want to be Gunther. <laughs> all right, so Terry, if, uh, if we get this plane in the air and we don't all die of fiery death, what's your call sign going to be? Oh, uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. I My have no idea. <laughs> oh, I know, I know what I do. It was a nickname I got in the theater department in college, Pterodactyl. Ooh. Oh, that's badass. That actually, I was especially suggest for, a pilot, for a pilot? For a pilot? Oh, yeah. You might have oh, to use that in a book you haven't written yet. Be that's that true. I, I've, I've been working on something for one of the military sci-fi open calls on Three Ravens. That That's a good idea. I'm not saying Ooh. I know a guy involved in that project, but I know a guy involved in that project. You talk to me. We'll make that happen. Um, yeah, we're, we're people that know people that know some other people. Right, right, right. All right. So that was your we favorite. Uh, <laughs> they're all in. They're all in waste management. But yeah. um, <laughs> so that's your favorite. Do you remember what your first audio book was? Like the first time you listened? I think my first audio book. Ooh. Well, what the, my first audio I remember, it was the BBC radio production of, I want to say The Hobbit. It's either okay. The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings. But they did a full cast version of both of those with like music and sound effects and all those cool things. And it was amazing. So technically abridged, technically more of a play than anything. But that's the first one that I really remember getting cemented in there. Okay. I like it. All right. So um, how did you, you know, kind of get involved in narrating? Because, you know, you, as my understanding is you started trying to be an author and somehow you got roped into narrating. So how did that happen? So it's actually because of the pandemic. Okay. I had thought for 
many, many years that, oh, you know, audiobook narration would be fun because, you know, over lunch when I was a kid, I'd read books to my dad, usually the Harry Potter books when I'm trying to imitate Jim Dale. Um, and that was fun for me. But it was, I always saw these things like, oh, you need to have a lot of money to set up a studio and all this and that and the other thing. So I was like, well, I'm poor. Oh, well. Then the pandemic happened and everything started moving to digital. And on a whim one day, I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if there's any online courses about audiobook narration. And lo and behold, there was. I started out with, through the Colorado Free University. Uh, they had some... Uh, classes through there. And I am trying to remember the guy's name that ran that. He has unfortunately passed within the last few years. Uh, and his name is escaping me, so I'm going to not say that. Uh, but then he had his own studio that he did master classes in, and he invited me to come to those. So that was just kind of a week to week rolling session that we did where we practiced and, you know, did different readings week to week. And he recommended setting up an account on ACX, which you record books, they get uploaded through that system, and then they're available on Audible. And that's how I found, well, that's how Hillbilly found me, I should say. So how did Hill, like, let's, let's hear that story. How did you get hooked up with the Hillbilly? So I was doing auditions for several different books at the time uh, through ACX. You, know, you put things up and uh, th th there's different readings that you can t read them, record them, take have your little take on it. And one of the books that I auditioned for was The Phase Amulet uh, by J.F. Posthumus. And so I read that. You know, the character kind of was kind of this... A confident woman talking to another another character, another man. And apparently, without having talked to uh, Jen Posthumus ahead of time or anyone else about the characters, what they sounded like, I was pretty darn close to what the author had envisioned in her head. And that was just that from voice the, what you were reading? Like. Yep, that was just from yeah. the scene wow. I was reading. And, cool. yep, so that's how I nailed that. And the, going through the process of recording the chapters, having them listen to it, getting the book done, uh, they just like me so much that I've just narrated all of the Lady of Death books so far. And Nailed hopefully it. a couple more to come. Ah, yes. <laughs> now, did you always do, like, because uh, I, I notice inflections in voices when you talk. You, you like, throwing them in their little, what I call, conversation flavor. Um, <laughs> oh, do you I always like do that, that like as a that. kid? Oh yeah, it's yours. It's free, free to go. I always come up with good ideas. Other people are successful with them when I try to do it. So oh. keep that one. That one's free. Be successful with it. I want if you if you start taking money for it, like you coined the phrase, uh, I want ten cents a word. Or yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll kick a bit. I'll kick a bit back to you. Kick, I got kick you. back to the guy at Nicky No Nos on the dots over there to keep everything kosher. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you, man. Yeah. Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, exactly. Your question. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, Have you always done that? Is that something you've done, like, since childhood? Or is it... I don't think I was as crazy with the voices and the accents when I was a kid. But when I did have free time, <laughs> I would just, like, go play outside. And I'd just be, like, playing out these little stories that I was making up in my head and doing the different right. characters and whatnot. And it was... 
sometimes silly, sometimes overly dramatic. Uh, but that just never really stopped. And I, like all, you know, creative people, I talk to myself quite frequently. And sometimes I answer back. And sometimes I answer back in voices. It just makes sense. I'm not saying I do it well. I just do it. Uh, sometimes to the point of annoying my husband. <laughs> But it's it. fun for me. It, it gives yeah. it, it its flavor. It's conversation yeah. flavor. Exactly what you said. Yeah. And it goes well with your narrations, too, because that gives you a lot of it, um, oh, opportunities yeah. to do that and cut and play with voices, too. But that uh-huh. could be fun because, like, I'm this close to Seth Rogen. Not Seth Rogen. What's the other Rogen's name? Joe. Joe Rogen. No, it is Seth Rogen. Okay. No, okay, Seth Rogen. I don't want to do Joe Rogan. He's got he's got a real basic voice, but Seth Rogan, ah, you know the laugh and all that. I like, I'm I'm close to that. I got Christopher nice. Walken about eighty percent. I don't think I could do yeah, Christopher oh, Walken. <clears throat> this is just a little <laughs> way to remind you that every time you buy one of Terry K. Job's audiobooks, you are helping fund her husband's therapy for all the annoyances she just mentioned. So you're actually doing the world a favor when you buy her audiobooks. I think it'd be mm-hmm. hilarious if when he remembers those conversations, those voices are still in there. <laughs> a That's, in- <laughs> That's entirely possible. Like if he like when you send him a text, he's reading it. He's reading it in some of those voices. Like, ooh, yes. I bring home some milk. <laughs> oh, yes, I can do that. Like that. Do you do that? Yeah, I hear your voice when I read your text message. Like any and then when there's cards? like a lot of exclamations, oh. I'm like. Well, that's the George Costanza voice that has like our explanation points. The killing independent, George! Roger Collide, Jerry! <laughs> Are we going to do like an accent voice-off? Ooh, I don't know, man. Well, we can certainly try. Yeah, so, I mean, she she's a lovely guest in front of the show, so it'd be very great to have an accent off, you know. This is the time when she practice fairly dance. Oh, dear. I, I think you're going to beat me in the, in the German, I, I think, because I'm not as practiced in it as I think. It's, it sounds like you are. I, I think you might have that one. I don't know. Yours is pretty close. Pretty uh, I was trying to listen very hard to you there for about five yeah. seconds. That's it. That's right, like. Colonel Clank. Hmm? I, know I know nothing. I know nothing. He makes our German Shepherd and our Boston Terrier have conversations. Okay, so the Boston Terrier, because I found him in South Texas, I gave him the voice of Antonio Banderas because it's a huge Hispanic population, and I know the mm-hmm. previous because the dog's bilingual. I tried to tell it to stop and come here in English. Didn't work. I did it in Spanish. And he's like, oh, okay. I know what that means. And I'm like, oh, yes, 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 yes. yes uh, I am dumb enough. Did I thank you? I will not. And then. Yes. You, you have to find the, the way to, to talk to the dog. Nope. That, nope. <laughs> that just sounds bad to my own ears. You got the way to talk to the dog. Who's a widow? And then the German Shepherd. I don't even know what the voice is for her. Did I ever come up with one? You always do the German one. Oh, yeah. I do the female. I do the Fraulein voice. Father, the kibble is not as, I'd imagine, as good as it would be. Could I possibly have the milk bowl? Just, 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 you know, just a little milk bone to satisfy my cravings. 
I don't know how we segue from that. So I'm just going to air the commercial. Uh, and I don't know if anyone wants their name associated with that. So I'm sponsoring this episode. You're welcome, people. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. Across a thousand battlefields and a million wars, there is always a question. What do you do when all the chips are on the table? Do you run? Try to find salvation in the arms of an easy peace? Or do you stand and fight and send your enemies into whatever hole they crawled out of? On Deadly Ground, a heroic Last Stand anthology has ten stories addressing that question. Each character faces the impossible in different ways, but all will be tested before the day is done. Can they earn a heroic victory amongst the endless eternity of space, or are they doomed to fall into obscurity? I'm not saying that was a good story I wrote for that anthology, but we made three editors cry because it was so emotional. I'm going to take that Ooh. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime you can make the editor cry? Hell, yeah. I mean, it could have just been our grammar, but I'd like to think it was because I was just that skilled. I've had two comic book scripts come across my desk of characters that I created, and they took it in a, <laughs> a way I wasn't really seeing it. And I think that was just because I it was a touch of a female author, so she was putting that emotion in there. One, I cried on both of them, and I had I'm like, "Girl, you made me cry. You're fired." No, I'm just kidding. But so yeah, when you can make the editor cry. Yeah, I did it. I co-wrote that story. Um, this heroic last dance was the theme. I co-wrote that story with, um, oh, I can't remember Christopher Denote's wife, uh, Jamie Liska. I think they're Liska McCabe is what she publishes under. There we go. Um, <clears throat> she's trying to separate because she writes several genres. Genres got the cold coming on, but uh, because of that, she wanted a separate one for what we're doing. And so, you know, it's about a mother defending her colony as the rear guard action so her kids could get away and all the other kids, obviously. And so, you know, having an actual mom write, help write that scene adds that just a little bit of extra something. So, but if it was the good parts, I'm still claiming it. I don't care. It's all mine. She could do the same thing when I'm not listening. She can claim all the good stuff, too. All the good stuff, all the, all the thrilling heroics. If we're ever in the same room together and that happens, I guess we'll have to arm wrestle or something. <laughs> uh, no, 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 you guys, you have a cry off. Oh, there we go. Mm. We go all Mean Girls, Feral, or I'm something. Snitching. I'm snitching. You just you're all in a stitch, snitchy, snitchy mood. You know, snitches well, get stitches. I'm just saying. I think after this episode, she's gonna be Madam Snitchy Snitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, she gave him a look. She gave him a look. <laughs> right. So what? I is need three more of these. So I don't feel it. <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned you started narrating like professionally during the pandemic and that kind of got mm -hmm. you started uh, but you also want to be a writer is this the narrating something you think you want to keep doing even though you're writing oh absolutely uh i'm having a lot of fun with it especially in the worlds that jf posthumous comes up with they're fun they're dynamic there's a lot of opportunity for me to put really weird voices in there which is what i love doing um and like i said Baby author, I have things submitted. I do have one novel on contract. It's in the never-ending editing pile. It's in there, though. Uh, and Hillbilly has asked me if I plan on narrating my own book, to which I have said yes. Absolutely. And then in my head realized... Book better. Oh, yeah. Duh. I mean, like, Stephen King doesn't... He's not known as a voice actor, but I love listening to him narrate his own books. Okay. Because it's from he his creepy shit. Yes, he does. And he does creepy voices. 
like his natural voice is just like Ugh. that's true the, it fits the his genre though at least i think it, so it's a shtick i i like it and i'm trying to remember i think I think my favorite that he narrated, and my favorite Stephen King book was Bag of Bones. Just with the music and the way his voice sounds doing that and that story. That was another of my go-tos. So, you know, we're not here to talk about Stephen King. You know, screw that guy. He said not nice things about us while we were overseas, too. And I hear he can't stick a landing. I don't actually know that because I don't read horror. So, I mean, I'm just, you know, talking out of my I read The Dark Tower. Can confirm. No offense, okay. Mr. King. His end, okay, so his ending sucked, just like uh, the character in It. And that's why I you have, put that in there. I haven't read it, to be honest. He literally makes that joke about himself. Huh? He literally makes that joke about himself. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah, that's, he said that he made, I can't remember the character's name. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. But the character that becomes a writer. Um, it's Georgie's brother. Uh, yeah, but I can't I might call him Georgie's brother. It's Georgie's brother. All right, we'll go with Georgie's brother. But anyway, that I read like the uh, the insider stuff on it because I'm a huge IMDb fan, of Internet Movie Database. Like, if the movie's really interesting, I'm like, I got to know more about this. So I got mm-hmm. one ear listening to the movie, and then like one eye watching the movie, and the other eye is like reading IMDb about the the um, the trivia, and that was in there. He's like, yeah, he put that in the book, and it also got in the movie that the endings suck because he got a lot of criticism in his earlier books that they didn't like the endings. Like book was good. Ending. Not so much. You know, <laughs> didn't care for the ending. Same as Billy. Didn't care, yeah. Didn't care. For, uh, yeah. Billy. So uh, didn't care for the ending. Again, I have often- here. Go ahead. not here to talk about him. We're here to talk about a cooler person, Miss Terry K. So, yeah, I just made the two two names like one, so you can pretend like I don't know you're from the south somewhere. Um, Billy Bob. Oh, my family. That's what my family actually called me. Not my parents, but my aunt on my dad's side. I was always Terry K. Um, but yeah. So, what's your favorite genre to narrate? Well, so far I've only done urban fantasy, heavy on the fantasy. So I'm gonna say that. Because there's still those elements of getting weird with the voices. But you have a lot of normal ones, too. So it's a good mix. Have you ever thought about doing, like, voice acting for, uh, like, animation and stuff like that? Do you think that's something that you see yourself doing in the future? I would certainly love to. I've Breaking into that, from what I've heard and read, is a lot harder than getting into audiobook narration. Just about everybody and their brother can do audiobook narration just about um i've i've heard a few not so great ones oh yeah and animation is more difficult and a lot of that again from what i've read and heard is based in california which is harder to get to or new york which i can't afford to live leave. i live here <laughs> i live here it's hard to leave too once, you, once you're in your trap it's like blue <laughs> Got it. Good to know. Uh, but you know, if that window of opportunity ever opened, oh hell yes, I'd I'd go for that. At least to try it. Okay. Is there any author who you aren't narrating for? Because it sounds like right now you're just doing the stuff for JF and she writes wicked quick. Oh, hold on, let me do the Boston accent. Wicked quick. Okay, that's not Boston. I don't know what the hell that was, but all right, Nick, yeah, do enough. Boston real quick. Do Boston for me. 
no, that's my girl though. She's wicked quick. You know? There you go. So what, I, what I'm wow. hearing from both of you is that you don't have to worry about me taking your job anytime soon. No, I think, <laughs> I, I think she's safe from you, JR. I think so. So um, is there any like author you'd like to narrate or genres you'd like to narrate, you know, in the, in the future? Maybe just getting into straight fantasy could be fun. Uh, of course, there are some fantastic authors out there. Uh, but what does it really come to mind? Like you have the big names like uh, Christopher Paolini in the Inheritance Universe. That'd be fun to read. Uh, he already has a narrator. I think he's doing it himself. I don't remember. Um, so not really a particular author, but something along those lines, real fantasy, or even just trying a nonfiction. Because that you still have to have the variation in tone that you do with fantasy, but it's not as overt all the time. It's not switching from description into character voice and dialogue, but you still have to make it engaging, which I know because we did some of that in those classes I was in. So it's it's a very different feel, but I've never landed one of those. That'd be interesting, like with because I've never really listened to any of your narrations, just having conversations with you. You have a pretty identifiable cadence in how you say things and talk and conversate. So um, I figure it's probably pretty close to that in the books and how you're able to control that, you know, tone, pitch, cadence, things like that. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. It's just really interesting. So, yeah, a nonfiction Thank book you. would be really It'd be more interesting than, like... <laughs> than, a, than a monotone... Yeah. Yeah. The 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 peanuts uh, teacher voice. Yeah. Are there any are there any job type opportunities you'd turn down? Anything you wouldn't want to do? Genres, um, that kind of thing. Hmm. Probably not. Probably not. Yo, even erotica. I would try that once. Just to see. There it is. But. How do you not giggle at some of those poorly written scenes? Well, you know, <laughs> you just have to read it first a few times, as long as it takes. Say it so, out loud a few times and then go for it. So what is your process when you get the book to, to getting it to the final product? So the first thing I do once I get the book is I read it. Um, and usually I'm going through with a pencil in hand, like I'll print it out. And make notes on what characters are in there, especially if it's like a second or third book in a series like Lady of Death is. The first book, that was establishing what some of these base characters sound like. So as I'm going into the next one, I'm writing down, okay, this is a returning person. This is a new person. Note that. Um, I'll make notes on really weird place names or character names. And then once I go through the whole book, making all those notes, I'll have a conversation with the author and go, okay, so I have these really weird words. How the heck do I say these? Um, and I'll also talk to them about what certain characters sound like. Um, in a lot of those conversations, several of the characters in the Lady of Death universe are based on characters from the show Leverage which I've never seen. So I have to go to YouTube and watch clips. <laughs> uh, but but I do that. And then I get a, kind of a sense for what the voice is. And then I can just kind of go from there. 
Uh, there's a couple that I've had to kind of make up a little bit. There was one character that I was that the posthumous told me, oh, it kind of sounds like Nicole Kidman talking down to you. So I'm like, okay. Like like in her native accent. I believe I believe she's Australian. Australian. Yeah. Yep. So I listened to an interview with her from uh, uh, some show or other. I was like, okay. And I, I never nailed Australian. I cannot do an Australian accent. And so what I did is I just gave her a, a weird cadence that is different from a lot of the other characters. Yeah. Uh, a little imperious. So it's like, and that worked. Yeah. And then every now and again, they will just give me permission to have fun. So do you find yourself like clipping parts of uh, the book? Like this is this person speaking. So you have like an audio memory bank of the various characters that are going to be repeating. Most definitely. I didn't do that initially and regretted it on the second book. Because <laughs> then I had to go back to what I'd already recorded in the first one and go, go, what did this person sound like again? <laughs> Dang it. Uh, and so now I try to keep an audio file as I go through the chapters that these characters appear in. Um, and just giving kind of a baseline for what they sound like. Some iconic lines from that particular book that I can go back later and go, oh, okay, yep, that's it. Nah. Like listening to Nick a few seconds ago with a German accent. I listened and I imitated yep. and got lucky. <laughs> I'm horrible when I meet people that are from different parts of the world. And I apologize in advance to him too. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm kind of a mimic. I like to do voices. I'm going to hear your accent and it's going to get stuck in my head. So I'm not making fun of you. I swear to God, I'm just, I like your accent and I'm trying to use it for something else later. You know, it's getting stored in my memory. <laughs> I used nice. to be able to just, without even thinking about it, naturally sound like whoever I was with, with the accents. Um Except for when I was in Philly in the Wooter Ice, uh, that, I never got that right. They always looked at me funny. And I thought the word was funny, so I just never did it. Um, but, like, I never meant to do it. So I can I can sympathize. I don't know that I necessarily have my own accent other than me the and, uh, one. Me and Caden were actually talking about that the other day. I was scrolling through TikTok, and I came across this Southern Baptist country singer. Telling true, telling true crime. And the longer I sat there listening to her telling the stories, the more I was yelling at my dog, get your little ass inside. <laughs> and Kaden- Come on back inside now, you hear? And Kaden <laughs> looks at me and he goes, where did that come from? I was like, Okay, so being raised in Vegas, we're a melting pot. We don't actually have our own sound at all. We Can you do the melting pot one more time? That little dance? Do a little dance. Okay. Mike, my love. Get down to that. I didn't know how long we would get to the point where it would, like, copyright violations. So I kind of stopped myself. I think it's over 30 seconds. Well, then, then you have to actually be on tune enough that the auto thingy catches it. So I think we're probably good. Oh, I've never had a problem with that, sir. <laughs> I do declare I am in no violation of their copyright infringement. Leave me alone long enough and I might. Fair, fair. All right. Law so, don't go around here, law dog. Law just don't go around here. 
So you, there's basically nothing you don't want to try. Um, do you, are there what any? Your, I got a question, Jared. Like we've talked about her favorite genre to uh, to narrate. What is your? And hopefully this doesn't get you in trouble with other jobs. But uh, what is your least favorite? What do you? What, what genre do you think you feel has the most difficulty to it? That you're just like, oh man, this is gonna be a stretch. You mean like to narrate? Yeah, to narrate. To narrate. Hmm. Again, I don't really know since a lot of my experience in doing full books has only been urban fantasy. I've done Mm. bits and snippets of other ones. Um, I didn't, you know what? I actually probably like um, Christian fiction. Or Christian okay. stories, you know, there's really wholesome or things yeah. like the notebook. And it's like, I don't want to read that. I don't want to con- I don't want to read that for my own pleasure time. Uh, it's not that go- simple. What do you want? <laughs> if I want that, I'm gonna go read Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, give me something it's something romance. juicy romance, that I can yeah. sink my teeth into. So for the sheer boredom factor <laughs> and a little bit too much of wholesomeness probably something along those lines okay so you would have no problem doing like a true crime detective uh, you know I, I i get uh, I'm, I'm trying to do noir now i could yeah. probably get into that noir type genre if i that was william shatner what like, is that like with the, <laughs> hey they, they William Shatner does noir point. oh boy william shatner and three inch I, uh, oh what what have i done <laughs> oh uh, a really okay. hard bristle brush to scrub that out of my parents' AR. I mean, I need to, I oh, need these to heels are so slimming on me. So oh, let's get back on track. So yes. you you mentioned that you'll do yeah, a little bit are. of you'll do a little bit of anything genre wise because you you enjoy all the things. Are there any books specifically that you wouldn't do? I know some would say uh, he's going to get a refill and doesn't want you to see uh, that he's not wearing any pants, people. Um, <laughs> pants are I, know, I know some male authors won't, don't like a book where the main character is female and vice versa because they don't feel like they can do it justice. Are there any books where you think, okay, I'm not really a fit for this one? Nuts that I've encountered so far. Um I've done a couple for posthumous. The Lady of Death, the lead character is female and everything's kind of in her voice. She's not talking all the time, but it's her thoughts that are going through. Another one, uh, the Nightshade. Nightshade? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, I hope Jen's not listening to this one. (laughs) We'll tell her to skip this one. That'll totally not raise her suspicions. Yeah, totally not. Taking the night. There we go. Um... Reading Taking the Night, once again, the lead character is female, but 95% of the other characters are male. And there's one character in there that, not giving away two spoilers, but I had to find different voices for. And so finding that male voice that I could have a, a similar thread going through several different voices was challenging. Wow. And then... JF posthumous started throwing over le- uh, phrases and other languages in there. And I'm like, now I have to okay. do this. Um, but I've never been, you know, using your specific example, turned off by, oh, there's a lot of male voices in there. Nah. My voice is a little bit deeper naturally as a female. So I kind of have that good balance. I can go way up here and you know do a lot of female stuff. Or I can come down a little lower and do stuff here. So it's that hasn't scared me off. I can't think of anything that would really scare me off 
from a book besides what we just talked about boredom boredom yeah boredom boredom is a killer of innovation and creativity oh yeah you have to enjoy what you're reading if you're not enjoying it that's going to come across in your narration and the audience isn't going to enjoy it or as we say sometimes i don't know how i'm going to polish this turd man <laughs> they actually did that on mythbusters yeah polishing oh my lord I, yeah no, they really know. did it i'm not surprised was it the redhead with the shotgun uh i think both him and the guy with the beret tried it like it was an experiment uh, and they Jamie. both used different methods yeah no i was actually thinking the female redhead i guess she had a stalker oh. so she started pos posing pictures with her oh, uh, and she's like i'm just saying i'm ready when you are and that was her like capture she was putting on her social medias for a while miss that <laughs> I mean, I didn't follow them on social media, so that's probably. I heard about it after the fact, so I don't even know if it's urban legend or real, but I kind of want it to be real because that's kind of badass. And, she uh, was badass. I can't yeah, she did some things. I'm like, oh, there's no way that little tiny lady's going to do. Oh, 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 she did. Okay. They got a couple yeah, of them where she escaped the. Uh, yeah, they got it where like people were escaping out of submerged cars underwater and all that cool stuff. Mm hmm. She was very adventurous, but then she got pregnant. Yeah, I know. She she went and had to ruin the show and get a real life. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I don't um, know. It just slowed like, her down a little bit. Yeah, we, we need to get, like, a reason to go try to blow things up for fun. I mean, for research purposes. You think we could, like, make um, this quasi-myth Mythbusters? We made it up right now as an excuse to blow shit up? Well, we can't use Jackass. That's already taken. So, Oh, Carrie Byron was her name, by the way. Terry, oh, you can it. come when we blow stuff up. You can join us. For we can call it... Uh... Dumbass? I guess we can call it Dumbass. <laughs> Thanks, honey. I'm going to call that a time or two. Hi, I'm... Uh, this is Jerry Hanley and Nick Carver, and welcome to Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give, give me a, like, a week. I'll come up with something clever. There you go. Oh, what All you right, can do. Let's get back. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, uh, <laughs> once you record it, do you actually do the post-production, or do you send that out? I do a lot of the post myself. Um, so that's taking the time to actually go back and listen to what I just recorded, um, making sure that there's a long enough pause at that between the end of a sentence and the beginning of the, of the next one. I have a tendency to rush sometimes. So that's something I really have to be cognizant of. Um, taking out mouth clicks, which I never heard until I started recording audiobooks. Now I hear mouth clicks all the time. It drives me cuckoo. Um, so doing those things, making sure things are, the volume's at the right level, things are relatively balanced. Um, I think AC, the ACX system does the final mastering, if I recall how that system works correctly. But a lot of that other work I do myself because there are certain uh, volume levels and other specifications that you have to meet for ACX to even accept the audio file. They're quite picky, which is a good thing. Okay. That's uh, always a plus um, that you can do a lot of it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, now, do you guys sell the only on, on Audible or do you take your audiobooks wide and sell them on like, I don't know, through Raven's website? Uh, so far as I know, it's just through Audible. Okay, okay. 
I have um, a question about the process, though. Mm-hmm. Um, something I've always wondered about because I a lot of times I'm busy and that's my only option is audiobooks if I want to like actually read something or listen to something. How f- I'm trying to figure a way to phrase this? How many pages do you read in like a single take? Like, is it one page at a time or like? Because when you listen to them, it's seamless. So I'm just like wondering if like you read a chapter and then. Or you just keep going. I, like explain that part to me. I, I'm I'm curious about. Yeah, that. everyone's process is a little bit different. I still being relatively new to this. I'm a little pickier. I stop far more frequently. Uh, when I really first started, I was stopping at almost the end of every sentence. <laughs> oh, okay. And going through and just does that sound good? Okay, next one. I'm have been trying to keep it to a paragraph at a time at this point. Yeah. That way for me, it's easier to listen to that small section. And then if, you know, there was a bump somewhere in the house, I can hear that and go, Oh, I need to do that line again. Cause the, the cats are thundering down the hallway. Yes. One of my cats thunders down the hallway. I'm not making that up. Um, no, I believe it. Felines are awesome that way. Oh, yes, they are. He's lucky he's cute. But that's what saves them. <clears throat> yes, it does. <laughs> but that that means that I don't have to go back, you know, much later when my voice may have you know gotten tired over the course of a session, or it's a different day before I catch something and I have to re-record and now it sounds different because you know, there's something in the air that's different. It's right then yeah. actually recording. Because uh, yeah. even in some professional things you hear these days, what was I watching the other day? No, I was playing a video game. And you can hear the difference in recording in a single interaction with an NPC. And it's like, oh, they recorded that at a different time. Then they recorded the rest of these lines. Wow. Um, some people will go for a page. Some people will go for a chapter or two before they stop and go back and listen to everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I also have, I personally have a lot of trouble with mouth clicks and mouth noise. And so for me, stopping more frequently, that lets me know, oh, okay, I need to drink a little bit more water or Gatorade. Blue Gatorade works better for me. I don't know why. Uh, So just, yeah. Yeah, everyone's different. I've heard the green apple trick. That, that that doesn't work for me. There's a lot of stories out there. Blue Gatorade is what I've found. I, I buy it in the powder. So, like, I got a gallon jug. Every day I'm filling that thing up before I go to bed. So, I don't... Because if I drink it just, like, the way I made it, it could get, like, mucusy, and I'll wake up in the middle of the night. So, I'll cut it mm-hmm. with water. So, I just have that have that little taste. It seems yeah. a bit cooler and refreshing. You know, I'll be like, oh, this is so good. My body is loving this. I'm dehydrated like a houseplant. You know, flu Gatorade. If they do mm. make the powder in a cucumber, though, I'm definitely going to try that. Hmm. Because I don't know if you ever had cucumber lime Gatorade. No. It is a treat. It is It is. It's Gatorade from the gods. Like the first time I drank it on a hot summer day, I'm like, I've seen the face of God and I love him or her. Well, now I'm going to have to go look for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, usually in a convenience store, you know, chilled section. I don't know if they have 7-Elevens over there. They might. 
Probably did. It's like a national chain, right? I, I, th- you know, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the times I've been to Colorado Springs, and now I can't think of seeing a 7-Eleven. I've seen it come and go. Oh, I've seen a lot of those, yes. <laughs> um, there's so many jokes the I can convenience make. convenience store, people. Uh, I'm just going to let that go, and we're going <laughs> to move on, and I'm not going to make any jokes about his Ranger panties. Um, They're delightful. I'll wear them one episode. <laughs> uh, wear a dancer's belt with them, though. I'm not trying to show them the whole bags. You know what I'm saying? You had a question for her. <laughs> that was the question. How often sure? does she take breaks while she's recording? That was my question. No, there was another one. But, uh, I mean, if you're thinking about your – you know what? I'm not going to go there. Well, no, I'm, I'm – Bad JR, bad lost JR. My right. So do you draw inspiration from people you know in real life when it comes to, like, accents and, and, and pers- personification of characters? Uh Sometimes I haven't used it a lot so far, mostly because of the conversations I've had with JF Posthumus and what her vision is for what these characters sound like. But there's a little bit of, at least myself in one of the characters in Taking the Night. Um, That was that one that has a lot of different voices that that's probably as close to my actual speech pattern in normal conversation that I've used so far. But, you know, I, I have thought about other people occasionally. There's flavors of it in there, but not, I haven't yet fully taken someone I know and go, okay, this is what this person sounds like. They sound like my friend who lives over there. Yet. 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 Okay. So <clears throat> speaking of persons that aren't there um how do you decide how to give accents to like aliens or mythical creatures when you're doing fantasy like things that don't have a human analog that you can just readily say like if i say someone's from i don't know creole louisiana you know what they sound like but if i say someone was a viper from the pit of hell well what does that sound like how do you determine that when you narrate to, to be honest, a lot of times I just uh, fall back on a, a version of Scratchy or something along those lines. Or maybe something along like that. Uh, just throwing out ideas. Um, and so, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just, I'll imitate. It annoys t- my husband no end. Like watching a anime especially. If someone says a good line, I was like, I'm going to get in there and try to say it too just to try to work on new things. Um, it has been a while since I've done my last audiobook, but when I'm really getting into it, I sometimes start experimenting with mouth shape and where my tongue is. I sound a lot different with my tongue pushed forward than I do with my tongue being pulled back or having making my lips more round as, to, as opposed to smiling a lot. There's so much you can do that has nothing to do with pitch. And it's fascinating. So it's just playing around sometimes and just seeing what weird things I can do. And yeah, yeah. this is fun. I get to play. <laughs> so the only thing that, how do you not have your voice hate you? Do you have any like pre and post book rituals that you do? I know sometimes singers gargle salt water. If you had to do that every day of your career, that just sounds miserable. 
I, I do try to drink a lot, a lot of water <laughs> during the day. Oh, no, um, but I know I'm recording. Hmm? Water. 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 Uh, I haven't found a specific ritual that's like pre and post besides blue Gatorade and gum. Um, maybe a little extra blue Gatorade at the end of it. And I have some established rules, at least for myself, that I 99% of the time stick to. And that's not doing voices that I know are going to blow my voice out and I'll be done for the night. You know, I, I can, if it's a long chapter, I, I'll still be tired by the end of it and I'll end up reverting to stopping every sentence to redo things. And even with voices, there was one time that I specifically broke that don't do a voice that knocks my voice out rule. And I talked to Jen ahead of time and made sure that was not going to be a character coming back that would have like a chapter monologue later because oh. that just wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, but it was a demon. And it, they have a human form, but at one point they go full demon form. And I'm like, I want to do something spectacular for that. And so for that particular chapter, what I did is I went through, recorded the scene, and I did his, his that demon's lines just normal. I didn't do any inflection with it. But then afterward, I went back. And I put in what it was supposed to be. And then just copy and pasted those into where those that dialogue was supposed to be. And that was the last thing I did for the night. And I was done. There was no other recording happening. Yeah. Um, so it's just being careful with the voice selection, making sure that it's something I can sustain for a period of time. I, I figured then, that'd be pretty important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially Very with much that so. voice, because that seems like that would just strain your larynx hard. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. Even even a couple lines like that is difficult, which is why I made sure that wasn't going to come back. <laughs> All demons should sound like Tim Curry from Legend. That's just my opinion. That'll save your Yes. <laughs> yes. Drink or eat, you know. Tim Curry is just a legend. <laughs> uh, in, in everything he does. Huge fan. Hashtag Tim Curry's awesome. Mm-hmm. Actually, he did one of my favorite audiobooks as well. Did he? He narrated some of the books of the um, series of Unfortunate Events. Oh yeah, those are great books. He didn't do all of them, but he he did some of them, and his were spectacular. He's just got he's just got one of those great voices. Uh, not, I mean, he's done a lot of voice acting too. Um, he's a phenomenal actor. He's he's a legend in his craft. So oh, I can't, yes. I just can't, I can't. Like every time I'm doing a voice, I'm like, would Tim Curry approve? Probably not. You suck. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Why are you talking yourself, Nick? I don't know. Tim Curry hates me. Well, the Tim Curry in my brain. Uh, I'm really hyping it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, on that happy note, I don't really know how you recover from that tailspin, but um... <laughs> I drink copious amounts of bourbon, and then apparently he approves. So I don't know. Maybe it's a British thing. There we go. So, do you plan on doing, do you plan on doing any of the um, copious? I like that word today. It's my, my word of the day on the calendar uh, of the anthologies that uh, Three Ravens is putting out. Are you going to be doing the narrating for those? Any of them? Well, you know, if Hillbilly asks me to, 
I certainly want to turn would not turn it down. Hashtag hillbilly should ask. Hashtag hey hillbilly. Hey yeah. Hey yo. Hey. All right. So on that note, frog here. Nope. Hey. Hermie D. Frog here asking Hillbilly to put my friend Terry on more audiobooks. I don't... Me, 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 me. Now you gotta do Fraggle Rock because you did Kermit. Uh, what? Hermie D. Frog. You gotta, do, you gotta do Fraggle Rock. You know what? I never actually watched Fraggle Rock as a kid. I grew up with it. I couldn't give you a voice. I couldn't give you a voice from Fraggle Rock. And I grew uh, let's up see. I, oh, I know I've seen some of the intro. Throw your cares away. Worries for right now today. Down and down and down. Yeah, down and break a rock. That's really right. good. Was it good to go? All <laughs> right. Well, with that note, is there anything we didn't ask that you want to tell us about uh, the wild world of Terry K. Job narrations of audiobooks? Ah, uh, can I tell you my favorite thing that has ever happened with narrating some of these books? Sure. Tell us yours, madam. My favorite thing that ever happened is one of the voices that Posthumus gave me permission to have fun. She now hears my voice in her head when she writes for that character. Nice. That's a that's yeah. the ultimate Uno reverse card right there. Yes, that is the ultimate power, and I am quite pleased about it. I'll brag about that to the end of time. Oh my god, we got to stop doing voices. I'm going to get on a kick. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk my normal voice for like the next four days. Sorry, Stabby. <laughs> Hide. I, I could probably break it by doing my Stephen Hawking, but it, I don't, it feels inappropriate still. So. Ooh, too soon. But okay. maybe she will forgive me at a later episode. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. On that happy note, Terry, how can listeners and viewers and audiobook connoisseurs of all ages, shapes, and sizes find you on the wild, wild interwebs? Help us find you. I am findable, usually. Uh, Most frequently, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I do have a fledgling website. Again, hopefully it's not going to fall out of the nest and make a crater. Uh, Also, occasionally on Instagram, sharing some of the uh, memes that I've found from J.R. Handley and occasionally cat pictures. The purveyor of too, black so. market memes. I do. I, I stare the all the good ones. I steal them all. I mean, I liberate I, them. I get them on the Instagram. I get them on the Twitters. I get tagged in some of them. I definitely get them in the, the chat on Facebook. I'm just saying memes Sometimes are my love it's, language. It's just... Uh. There's- there's nights where we're going, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> so, I can't resist the memes, man. Then I'm so the, the, other thing, the other thing is everyone who thinks some of the memes I share are scandalous, you don't see the ones I send Nick that I don't share because they're even more oh. scandalous. You say it's like, should I post this? And I'm like, absolutely no. Don't. Well, well, no, he and says, if you do, no. don't tag me in it, man. I'm trying no, to stay under the radar think- here. You so normally he says yes, and Stabby's like, no, neither one of you. No, stop. Both of you, no. boys. No. no. That's how it really there's goes. times where I get, like, reels, and he's like, how about this? And I'm like, you lost your mind? <laughs> <laughs> Have you lost your cat picking language here? You know, we, we provide clean no, means here. I'll tell you the last one. See, it's not going to stop. we're not, what? Because I'm... 
right. No, we're live. That's what I just said. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't say that. She doesn't want that on the air. She doesn't want to like to rock our juju magic. We'll wait wait till we go back to the green room and conversate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the booze. And um, I promise I'll do some dancing for you. Do a little dance. Okay. Um, No, no, no. Take that mental image out of your mind, dear listener. I promise I wasn't doing it. Wrap it Um, up. With that being said, we will have all of your links in the show notes. I'm hoping by the time this episode goes live uh, around the Christmas season that uh, she has a website uh, set up on – or not a website. was an author site over on Amazon and an Audible site uh, as her as either a narrator. Does Audible let you have a narrator site or is it just for the authors? You don't have to look. We're hoping she'll have all the things set up. And uh, with Christmas coming as you listen to this episode, we want you to know – that Terry J would appreciate it if you give the gift of love. And by that, she means buy her books and give it away. Buy one for your mom, your sister, your aunt, your uncle. Buy all the books, dozens of copies, give them all away, and then one for yourself, because why not? Yeah, why not? And uh, they can... Oh, hold on, hold on. What are you writing right now? Ooh. Well, at the moment, I'm putting some of the finishing touches on a certain uh, sci-fi military... Uh, pew pew situation. Ooh, I love the pew pew. Go on. Pew, pew. So I had a um a interesting conversation with Hillbilly, and he gave me the challenge because I'm the guy that always pushes the outer limits of um short stories. You tell me I can go ten thousand words. I'm going ten thousand and one just out of spite. I mean, I probably go way past one, but at a minimum, it's ten thousand and one. He's like, so much spite. He's like, Jr. Why don't you try to write the five thousand? See if you can hit the bottom limit, just barely enough to squeak by. And I'm like, All right, game on. Jr. Hanley always exceeds the standard. (laughs) Oh, Uh, Oh, it's very, uh, very suitable. I love it. Oh, I approve. I approve. All right, before we let you go, dear listener, dear viewer, I would like to remind you to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books and the right listeners find the right audiobooks. So do your part, people. It really does help. It's a symbiotic relationship between author, narrator, and consumer of the products. And you got to carry the stones up the hill with us, or you won't have the entertainment when you get to the campfire. Allah al Shabab. Allah Shabab. Well, I mean, I was going to do some dancing, but people vetoed that one real quick in an hurry, like. So. <laughs> it's horrible. I, yeah, I, 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 you should know. You need to get one of those no buttons. The what? You need to get one of those no buttons. Oh, the buzzer? Terry, there are times where Nick tells me he regrets saving my life in Iraq, but he's stuck with me now. I, I'm joking <laughs> when I say that. I know, I know, I know. All right, Absolutely. you can ish, and ish is doing a ish. lot of that. Ish. Uh, ish, so you can find us in our tree. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to do that. If you don't interrupt, stab stab. Uh, you can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee. Again, linktr.ee. There's a hole in that link tree because Stabby Stab stabbed it. Uh, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we link to all the things the bitch shoots, the rumbles, the Twitters, the email for the business, the Blasters and Blades Facebook group and Facebook page. And most importantly, we link to Madam Stabby Stab on the Instagram, the Twitter, and the email where all the hate mail can be directed. And uh, if Nick offended you tonight, send two hate mail letters just because. Why not? I need to make somebody cry this week. Yeah, you, know, you haven't hit your quota. Um, Make me cry. 
and he actually drinks the author's tears uh, whiskey, and so he actually needs the tears from someone who's writing something so he can... Give me your tears, author, or I will take them from you. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can find us on our website at anchor.fm slash blasters tech and tech blades. Again, anchor.fm slash blasters tech and tech blades, where for as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep the lights on. These episodes aren't free to produce and every penny helps. Or you can support the show more directly at buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash author J.R. Hanley. I've never been self-conscious about my voice until the day when I had interviewed a bunch of audiobook narrators, and then it's like, I sound weird. I don't know what's going on. But uh, like when, you, yeah, when you when you donate to the uh, Buy Me a Coffee, be sure to put in the podcast, in the, in the comments is for the podcast, and I promise I will keep my co-host duly caffeinated. They will drink some coffee brand coffee until Jeremy at the quartering goes out of business because we bought all of his stuff. How about them apples? With that being said, coffee is good. And uh, links in the show notes. And in case you didn't remember from the beginning of the show, Podcast Grunts get you 10% off. Uh, and it's an American copy for the coffee brand that's not a drop shipper. They're making it, roasting it, and shipping it all from the U.S. So if you're an American and that matters to you, you know it didn't come from overseas. Coffee okay. shows up three and five days, man. You, you can't beat it. It was it was six days for me, but I'm shipping from the other end of the country from where they are. So that's still not bad. And that was our holiday weekend too, when they shipped the first batch. Oh, they were they were crazy busy, man. Yeah. Crazy busy. Um, and so the coffee is good. All jokes aside, we really like it. We wouldn't shill it if it wasn't um, if it wasn't good. And at this point, it's better than the only ones using our discount code. So help us out, people. Yeah, it's um, better than Duncan. So I don't. No, I'll yeah, stand to that. For us, so but Duncan. I know back Duncan in the day when Duncan, the show. <laughs> when Duncan used to actually like make their own donuts, there was nothing the fresh donut and a fresh pot of Duncan coffee. You couldn't beat that. Now everything's like made regionally and shipped and it's stale by the time you get there. <sighs> Breakfast sandwiches are still okay. Yeah, I mean, but it's sad when when 7-Eleven has better donuts than the donut store. <laughs> oh yeah, they got the Homer donut at 7-Eleven. Hell yeah, they do. I mean, my belly oh. says, what? This is why I'm not skinny yet. Now, homie. Can you do a Marge accent before we uh, I tell you? She just did. That was the first time I've tried. It actually turned out rather well. I'm surprised. Nope, okay, nope, it's what? devolving. Nope. Mm. All right, people, if there's any accent you want to hear her try, we will have her come back on, make her do it. So reader request or listener request, viewer request, whatever you want to call it, you put in the comment section what acts, uh, on the Spotify, what accent you want to hear, or in the comment section, wherever this posts, you put that on there. We will arrange that episode. She will come back. We will do the things. She will, of course, get time to prepare because we are gentlemen and ladies here, and we are civilized. Challenge me. Yes, but uh, we might even have an accent off, and we'll get some of the other narrators that have been on the show. It could be fun. Oh, uh, yeah. It might even be one we do live. Nick, season four. This is gonna <laughs> I'm in. I think it would be cool to like have something like almost like a game of horse. Oh, yeah. Get, like, play the, so one voice actor goes off, and you have to imitate that voice, or you get a letter. Oh, Ooh. we're going to have to, we're going to make some rules. People, this is going to happen. Season four, you heard it here first. Uh, we hope you're preparing for the holidays in a sane and um, thrifty manner. I mean, you know, World War Three hasn't happened yet, so you're still alive. So don't forget to buy for a little Timmy. Yes. He needs new socks. The McRib is back too. 
Just saying. Wait, really? Not here. Yeah. I oh shit, really? Is it regional? Yeah, it's it's back oh. here. If you know, want a uh an MRI 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 style uh rib sandwich. It's rib sandwich. You got it, oh, man. Faux ribs, faux ribs, but I mean I'll take it. Uh, yeah, you know, Harry, you just you know forget today. about it. I just realized McDonald's loves California more than they love Virginia. I don't oh, have no. the McRib. No, I think the wave starts here and it goes east. You'll get it. I might get your leftovers. That's how it gets here. It's like, oh, these are the ones that didn't sell. We'll just send it to Virginia. I'll flash for you. You're really hankering for a McRib. I can make it happen. All right. So thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For my crazy co-host, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. Thank you for coming on. We tried to stay on topic. We didn't do a very good job. I give us a C, C plus. If I'm being generous on topicality, uh, I'll probably call this an A minus for entertainment value. Um, sheer comic relief. Uh, Nick gets a C. Stabby, ah, she has a knife, so she's always getting an A+. End the That's damn fair. show the already. All right. Any 